Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Wildman Revolution podcast. Um, as always, the premise of the, of the podcast is to highlight men that are doing great things in the world. Um, I'll get to our, our today's guest very, very soon, and he is definitely a man doing great things. Um, be sure to like and subscribe uh, YouTube if you like the visual. Um, some of the podcasts do have a visual aspect to it, especially when we do go into markets and crypto and things like that, um, or on Spotify, iTunes, and all the relevant platforms. Be sure to leave a review. Again, like and subscribe. I've got a bunch of T-shirts to still give away if you leave a nice comment, a truthful comment. Even if there's some shit, I, I, I'm open for constructive feedback. But today's guest, today's guest, um, I think, especially in this, the Australian scene, is, is doing an absolutely phenomenal job. And not only have I followed him for years, we've had great chats and I really resonate with his journey, um, background, drugs, alcohol, rehabilitation, so on and so forth. Um, he... He's got amazing program called the Used to You program going at the moment, and we will definitely touch on that. Um, a published author with a great book. Um, I'm definitely got some questions around that because it really resonated. Um, again, drugs, alcohol, rehab, recovery, all the things that come with that. This man is right at the heart of it. Glenn Munzo, it is an absolute privilege and pleasure to have you on, brother. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Hey, feeling, mate? I'm good. I'm cold, actually. <laughs> cold, cold. We were just having a convo before the podcast here. I was complaining about the cold here in the Northern Rivers where it's like 22. And he's like, yeah, it's about seven here with a big smile on his face. <laughs> uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, Victoria, man. My old stomping ground. Um, what keeps you there, brother? What keeps you there? Uh, what keeps me here? Uh, family, I guess. Family. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I guess, yeah, just family. I haven't even thought about moving. That's well, one of the surprise questions, bro. Yeah, like, shit, what actually does keep me here? I guess it's family and I'm just, I'm just here. Yeah, man. And straight into it, mate, you're doing great things in the world. You have for a number of years. Um, I, I, I've read your book and actually one way I got a little bit more background on it because I think when we've generally caught up, it's it's been through the misses and it's, it hasn't been us directly and um. Uh, but watching your journey unfold and the service you give back to people, it's it's so inspiring, man. And um, what what's the main thing for you that really really kickstarted it? Um, well, like I guess what what kickstarted for me is just like I, you know, I, I was I was on drugs. Um, I you know for the first time, you know, I was dealing drugs on drugs, and then for the first time in my life, I got um i got convictions so criminal charges um and you know i got sentenced to like a one month jail sentence and then um appealed that for an 18 month intensive corrections order um so i was still quite young at the time i was like 21 but i had no idea like what the hell was going on because i'd never been through i don't know what the system or whatever you want to call it um and then through my through my order i had to do a lot of rehabilitation programs um i had to do like i had to get assessed by a psychologist um and i remember my first assessment straight out of county court i had to go see a psychologist they assessed you and then they kind of see what order is appropriate for you um and the first thing that she did she kind of did like a background kind of information thing and then said so there's four siblings all up my older siblings are a lot older, like my sister's 11 years older than me, my older brother's seven years. But she's like, you know, because your, your sister wasn't um, there, like, because she moved out 
and all that sort of stuff. So like, oh, you're kind of like the middle child sort of thing. And they're like, based on what you've said, being the middle child and, you know, the family history of, you know, alcohol, whatever, this was, this was normal or this was, you know, something that was, was bound to happen. Um, and she said, you know, it's quite obvious and quite um, common for you to be an alcoholic. And um, when I heard that first, I, I was really, really upset because like I didn't drink, <laughs> like I was on drugs, but I didn't drink. I barely drank. Um, even still now, like I don't drink. It's just something that I just don't do. And um, I remember when I left, left that um, interview, because I also had altercations anyway, I had altercations with police as well. And, um, you know, I was kind of like explaining um, something because I, you know, had assault against police officer, but I, I was kind of mistreated in, in a way that, you know, I still think wasn't appropriate. I had a broken hand and all that sort of stuff. And I remember, you know, when I was speaking to the psychologist, I at first I thought it was a safe space to kind of like explain exactly what was going on. And I said, look, you know, I, I got bruised and kicked and my bad hand and punched in the face and all this sort of stuff. I'm a police officer. My hand was broken. Um, you know, I'm 21 years of age, like, you know, and I, and I was going on about this and she kind of just brushed it off. Um, and then kind of just wanted to talk about me having violent anger issues and, you know, and, and being an alcoholic and, and that wasn't me. So after that, I remember leaving, just thinking, like really, really upset, um, confused and just sitting in the car thinking like, what the fuck? Like I just sat in this long session getting assessed and looked at, you know, background information, how old you are, parents, what home was like, all that sort of stuff, looking at my convictions and all that sort of stuff. And then she said something like, you know, it, it was like an 85% chance um, and above that I would continue to reoffend and, you know, I, I would end up in jail. I remember sitting in the car just thinking like, what the hell? Um, that, that really, really upset me. Um, and then just going through my order, I just, it, I just felt like a lot of the time I was trying to convince, you know, my corrections officer or psychologists or counselors, um, anger management courses that I was a good person and that I wasn't some, you know, dickhead. Um, <laughs> And that I came from a good family and, you know, and it was just like this whole picture was just painted. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, no one's like listening. No one's actually listening to me. Like, what, like, what, like what's going on? So it, it was really confusing. I was really angry. It was really like I lost hope. And um, I got put into a program. So in Dandenong, um, the whole of corrections, and like Danong's pretty rough, and you know the whole of corrections. There's, there's a lot of right, like rough people go through there. Anyway, they were doing a program for like cognitive behavior and all that sort of stuff, and I was run by two psychologists, and they interviewed the whole of corrections. And I remember my corrections officer said, like, you just go for that interview, but like, like you'll be sweet because like you're still young. It's more for the like serious offenders. Anyway, they interviewed the whole of corrections, which would be a lot of people, and. I remember going the week after, like, you know, I, like, sorry, during the interview, I was, you know, getting assessed. They asked you all these questions, same thing, background information, what's your charges, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, you know, you, you, you finish it and they're like, oh, we'll let you know whether you've been like accepted <laughs> um, into this um, course. Yeah. Um, and then the following week, I um, got a letter 
from my corrections officer because yeah, I had to meet her twice a week um, to sign in and stuff. So I went and signed in and had my meeting and she gave me an envelope and it said that I'd been accepted into, into the course. And she was quite shocked as well because, you know, it was only like 10 people. Yep. So the following week um, I went, went into this program and it started like 10, 30, 11 o'clock because all the older guys, there was the all older, like way older, like 30 years older than me. If I'm like 21 at the time, they would have been like easily in their fifties. Um, and they were all um, on the methadone program. So like really, you know, heavy drug users. Um, and just when I went in there, like literally it was just like a big circle and all these older guys in there and they were literally like falling asleep. Like no one, no one's eyes was open because I remember walking into there going, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like what the hell? Um, and the psychologist was writing something on the board and I remember going, hey, good morning. And she, and she kind of like got shocked because like, you know, someone was alive and awake. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so I, I, I sat in that program. I had to do that. I think that was like 12 weeks or something like that. But anyway, like through that program, um, it was like a little bit later on in my order. Through that program, I it was like the first time I started to listen to people because, you know, a lot of the older guys were like, you know, you, you don't want to like fuck around. You don't want to be here. Like, look at us. We're, you know, like 20 years older than you. Like, I wish I was your age and someone fucking told me, you know, this was not the path and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 they were, they were pretty serious, like, people. So... You know, like I, I, I listened and and there was, you know, from the stories and everything, just listening from them, I was like, fuck that. Like, I, I do not want to be in that position. There, there was one part of me that was like really, really inspired and moved by them. But then I was like, you know, you're telling me all this shit that to do that you're not even doing. So there's a little bit of, you know, <laughs> there was that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, man. So like, I guess when I sort of look back on it, I was like, you know, I, was, I felt really hopeless when I was seeing people that were clinical and it was really hard to, I guess, relate to someone that hadn't been through what I'd been through. So that was just really, really hard to connect. And I, and I felt like every time I spoke, of, like when I first opened up at the start of my order, you know, they looked at me like I was a victim and, you know, cops don't do that and that's bullshit and all that sort of stuff. So I wasn't really feeling heard. Um, so I just shut up about it, I guess. And then when I got put into this program, I... I, I listened um, to these older guys and then obviously like I was doing community work. I was on, I got like over 500 hours. So I was quite lucky. I didn't get a jail sentence actually, like really, really lucky. Um, so my order was like 18 months and I watched everyone. I watched people that did arm robbery leave, like they did orders and then they, they finished and I was like, fuck, like, you know, they finished all the hours and everything. And they're like, what the hell did you do? Did you kill someone? Like, why are you still here? <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I guess when I, when I finished my order, like, well, I was going through it, I was like, no one's really asked me about my goals. No one's really asked me about like who I am as a person. No one's really asked me about like what my next step is. It's, it's like, all I've been given was, it was an 85% chance that I was going to come back and reoffend, and everything was talking about, you know, my drug use or my alcohol and all that sort of stuff. And I wasn't really even doing that at that time now. Um, you know, nothing was talking about like after, like what happens after the program? What do you do after your order? Like, what are your goals? And I remember like sitting down with one of my corrections officer at the time, like there, there was like a feeling or something for like four weeks. And I remember like sitting down she's like, oh, and I said, I was doing personal training and she said, oh, 
that's nice. You know, everyone has goals, but it was like in a real condescending way. <laughs> but I remember just thinking like, fuck you. Like, what the hell? Like, you don't even know who I am. Like, why am I being judged so much? Um, so I guess, you know, doing my personal training course, it was like all about being focused. It was about, you know, fitness and getting fit and getting healthy, um, you know, because I was quite overweight at the time when I first started doing my PT course, I was 112 kilos and I dropped down all the way during PT, like 90. Um, and I was, you know, getting fit again. I was getting healthy. Um, and I was like, fuck, this is awesome. I, I started when I got my PT course at first, I started doing a program that was helping like um, people that were really overweight and it was all mindset stuff. Cause I kind of still had a bit of shame around my, you know, past drug dealing, you know, drug using all that sort of stuff. So when people were like, oh, what did you do before this? I, I didn't really say anything. Um, and then once I opened up to someone and they were like, man, like, why the fuck are you like training? Like, why aren't you doing that? And I was like, oh, you reckon? So so then I just started yeah, blogging off my page a little bit. Um, and then I got really like into the mindset stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I got like a, I got like a business coach at the moment uh, at the time and we're doing like a fitness challenge. And I was like, oh, I actually want to do something a little bit different. I want to, you know, instead of like, I still want to add the fitness in, it's really cool, but I also want to add some coaching, helping youth um, that are going through mental health struggles and addiction struggles. Cause that's what helped me, yeah, um, yeah. you know, and we'll add some mentoring sessions in there. So that's what I wanted to do. So I, I guess I put together this program because it was like fulfilling everything that I needed. It was like, had the fitness side of it, had the, you know, the training part um, and then kind of like the counseling, the mindset, the coaching um, side of it, you know, and, you know, wrapping that all into like a holistic point of view. And then like literally like when people came in, I remember the first time people were like, oh, who's this young guy? Like, you know, saying all this shit, but Literally, I remember, you know, what like people coming in and, you know, they're talking about drugs and all this sort of stuff. And I was like, hang on a minute. Like, I just want to know, like, what do you want? You know, like I'd reverse the question onto them instead of like, going, oh, you need this drug treatment plan. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need that. And literally, like I interviewed so many people, like had like meetings with people and people were crying and saying this was the first time someone actually asked me like what I actually wanted in my life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, I just kind of just ran with ran with that. Um, and then yeah, and then it's just kind of just taken off. I um yeah, I've been doing it now for about eight, nine years. Um, but yeah, it's just I guess it's a program that helps youth, young adults with mental health, with mental um, with addiction. Um, but it's always more than that. Um, and then giving them that space, giving them that community um, where they can get involved. So you obviously I've got my personal training studio. So not everyone in the program, I mean, not everyone in the gym is affiliated with the program. So just to mix it in, because I had that weird concept as well of like, you know, them and us for <laughs> 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 ages. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So like that, that, that's pretty much, um, yeah, the, the, the program, you know, yeah, so man, it, it's super powerful. And I remember, like, I knew a bunch of this, but I actually read your your book, Drugs Don't Discriminate. And yeah. um, I was reading parts of that, and there was parts of your story, man. It was bringing up stuff from my past because it was like I got done for assault of the police when I was nineteen. Um, I got bashed over the head with a radio. Now I was a shit, but yeah. I was like, I didn't deserve that. But yeah, again, yeah. I went through yeah. that, and then I went through the corrections. 
And I was talking to people that had no fucking idea about me, had been through it, da 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 da. So I was reading your book and I'm like, oh, this is bringing up some stuff for me from the past. This is cool. Um, and what I loved about the book, there was like going into your story and you shared a great, giving great context for, for the listeners and viewers out there of your backstory. But for me, I was going on, it sort of got me into the story of what you had done. And it was like, wow, I've done that. But it's been like, 15 years down the track you ran with it like so soon you picked up on these things you didn't like about the system your experiences what worked for you what didn't work for you um and that's what i uh, appreciate about not not only reading the book but knowing you a little bit more from that um because you're super resourceful yeah um talk a little bit more about the used to you program like you, you you share a great stories i check in every now and then on social media i love that like yeah it's social proof to help us help more people but it's fucking touching it's it, it speaks to the heart because i know i've experienced a lot of it um but speak more about the use to you program and and helping people and what that means to you yeah yeah definitely i like i i guess like what what it means is like i guess you know i you know, if I if I'm if I'm really honest, like with this, I just want to help and just inspire the people that come in and show them that, you know, just because they've been given a label of a drug addict or what or whatever it is, like that doesn't have to be a life sentence. You know, I I really want to show people as well that it doesn't discriminate because so many times, like you know, even though like like with with my family, like you know, people would hide my hide what I was going through. People kind of, they knew what I was doing, but they would hide it, you know? Oh, what's Glenn doing? Oh yeah, he's good. He's, yeah, he's just not here today. You know, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of families come in and, you know, they come in and they're like, but, but we, but we have a good family, but, you know, we send our kids to good um, schools and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I guess with, with the program, I want to show people as well that, it doesn't discriminate and it comes from all different backgrounds. We're not looking at a certain demographic or a certain type of person here. Um, it doesn't discriminate. And I really kind of, you know, I, the big thing is to really educate people, families as well, um, that it doesn't reflect your parenting and, you know, all this sort of stuff. Like we shouldn't have like a, um, a stigma or shame or guilt and, and hide it um, because, you know, that, that just kind of makes it worse as well. So, you know, it's, it's really just about for me, anyway, anyway, like creating that, that space, that connection, that friendship with the person that comes in, you know, cause they can cut, they come in like broken, they come in, you know, um, defeated because they've relapsed so many times or they've had suicidal thoughts or they've been through the system or they've been in and out of jail or rehabs. And, and this has just been a constant cycle, like nonstop, um, you know, or they've seen other people that have told them that they're going to be like this for the rest of their life, yeah. which, which I think is bullshit as well. <laughs> um, you well, know. Like, like what you said, a lot of the system is designed to keep you stuck in the problem. Yeah. Keep you stuck focused on maybe what is the problem. And 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 I think a lot of that stigma and shame comes from that too. There's all this emphasis on when it gets labeled and it keeps the person or the people or there. Yeah. I remember um 
And again, it was another part in your book that I didn't know when I think it was your you'd been to court and you're waiting in a cell and you didn't know what was going to go on and yeah. you hadn't really expected to be. You didn't think you were going to go to jail or something like that. I, I haven't shared this much, but there was a time in my life where I was fighting, facing assault charges that I did like on a holiday. I literally, yeah. I glassed a guy, bigger dude, self-protection, but I was a bit wild too. Yeah. And here I was, there was two people that knew about this court case. So I was reading you, like, even though it was probably in moments for you, and I'm taking me back to mine. I'm like, I was driving for 12 months. Two people in my world knew that I was even going to court. And yeah. that was carrying a, a, a minimum four-year jail sentence. Yeah. And I was freaking the fuck out. Yeah, and yeah. I went down this last time, the last court case, and I was not confident. And I still hadn't told anyone. And I was just like, on a whim, I'm like, I better fucking not go to jail. But it was, it was all this shame and this guilt that I had too. I don't want anyone to know this because then I know my family weren't going to talk about it. It wasn't something we wanted to to show the world and that. So there's so much of your journey that, that motivated you, inspired you to, to, to do what you do now that resonates with me, even though the background's a bit different, man. So I, I seriously had a tear while I was reading your book because it was just taking me through stuff that I've healed from, but, yeah. stuff that just resonated so deeply yeah no no thank you thank you i, I look i like I, I think it's important to to share to share the story like the, the other week like you know i had a family come in and you know their their child's on um you know just going through their stuff and you know they came in and i said let's do a family like session you know let's let's all have a family session and because i think sometimes it's important sometimes if you know, I know for me and the people that I worked with, like when you're on drugs, you think that it's just you that's going through it. When you don't realize that the ones closest to you are also going through what you're going through, but in their own different, you know, in their own different perspective of the situation. So we we had we had this um, group session, and you know, it was really just about creating the space for that family, but also allowing them to communicate how they actually feel, and you know, and what they're individually going through because i was saying it to me but everyone else was listening and it was really really powerful because for for once in their life they saw their dad you know show emotion and start crying and and he was all of a sudden like a normal human being and they're like what the hell this guy never shows emotion you know we, we just thought like he didn't care and he was always a hard ass but here he is in like full tears and we're seeing this whole different side where we're actually seeing him you know without the walls and just really just you know just just being at the moment and you know I, I think the more that we can share our stories and and that perspective of what's going on the the, the more powerful and the more um you know united that that family unit can be as well just by by being real and showing that vulnerability as well so you know i i always think vulnerability like is is power um with this but, you know, I, I also, you know, tell the people that I'm working with, don't get stuck in your story because, you know, you, you can get stuck in the story. And sometimes people that are on drugs get stuck in the story of being sick because then that's when they get more love from their mom and dad. That's when they get more attention from the people that are around them. Um, so, you know, like, yes, there's a part that you've, you, you've got to nurture and do all that sort of stuff. But then there's a, there's a, there's a time as well where, you know, I believe, you know, you, you got to kick him, kick ass a little bit, you know, give him that hard, honest truth, um, you know, to, 
get up on their feet, like keep moving forward and keep doing what you're doing as well. And just kind of like breaking those dynamics and breaking, um, you know, or, or like understanding and having awareness of like what the needs are um, of that individual as well. But, you know, it, it, it always goes down to, you know, I, I believe in a way that the mindset, understanding the actual individual, you know, like the people that come through the program, it's like understanding the actual individual um, and just listening, you know, so that they're heard, but also giving advice from, you know, experience, um, giving advice on, you know, what they said they first wanted when they first came in as well. But, um, you know, it's, it, it is important because sometimes I feel like we, we tiptoe around shit. You know, we have a loved one that's suffering and, and they're using drugs and they're doing all this sort of stuff. And we're too scared to approach them. We're too scared to tell them how we actually feel. We're too scared to tell them like, you know, get your shit together. Cause it's destroying me seeing you like this. And I can see it's destroying you as well. Um, so I, I think the more honest that we can be as well um, with the situation, there's like a lot of power behind that as well. Um, you know, like, yeah, it's tough, but you know, we, we, we've, yeah, you have to be honest with, with what's going on. Um, do you feel with the family unit, what, what I find is a lot like previous generations, there's, there's no education around like, like you use the example, <laughs> For the viewers and listeners, I knew the puppy would come into this. Yeah, I have to give him away. <laughs> Everyone who's watching the visual, hello. He's had that little puppy Hi. on his lap. <laughs> oh, I knew the puppy would become the star. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> there goes the cuteness. We've just got Glenn now. Um, <laughs> now. But with the family unit, there's no education around things like that, like how to sit down and um, like express being vulnerable and everything in previous generations like it didn't happen in our family i think the only time that we sort of come together with this sort of thing is when i was just playing full victim and i was at a point where i'm like oh my god i've got i've just fucked up last weekend i've taken too many drugs and done this i i feel so ashamed and so guilty that i need to position myself as a as a victim i didn't do it consciously but that's what i do then there was a dialogue but there was no no solution focus there was no resolution it was like oh shit what do we do do you exactly. find with what you're doing, and this is why I think it's more powerful, when you bring the family unit together, this is something that we need to see more in society? Yeah, definitely. Like when when people or parents go, oh, yeah, I'm just, I'll just drop them off. I'm like, no, 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 come in. Because we, we're like, we, we all need to be on the same page. Yep. Um, so there's like certain boundaries and uh, expectations or whatever, kind of like, you know, say that, you know, so we're all on the same page. And that's like the commitment side of things you know, what, what the program, the values and stuff. And, you know, I guess because when you're working together like this, it's, you know, you, you're building that relationship as well. So like what you want on both sides and what you want, you know, all that sort of stuff, but definitely like families need to be more educated on it um, and understand, you know, um, you know, how to be honest, I guess. Um, how to be vulnerable in front of their kids. You know, I, th I think like later on as well, like when you're older, like, you know, you look at your parents different when you're younger and you're going through shit. But when you're older, you kind of like, you you understand them a bit more. You just, you you, you see them for actually just like yeah. people or, or, you know, or whatever, like, you know, just normal, like a normal person that's going through whatever and, you know, have their own kind of dynamics and patterns and whatever they went through. But I think the more honest and, you can be as a family 
you know, and show all those parts of yourself, the, the better that the family can come together um, instead of like hiding it and, you know, not talking about it or only putting your focus on, on your child or loved one that's going through it. And, you know, it's, it's definitely, I think everyone, like the family unit definitely need to do work around it. Uh, I, I, that, that's definitely what's needed as well. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I I love that part of it too, and um, it's interesting when we do grow through this. And I like you've done a lot of inner work, and you continue to clearly. And I do when you start to go, wow, yeah, my parents have been through their own stuff, and they got their own model of the world, their own things. Yeah. And I sort of look back, and I'm like, I'm not a shoulda, coulda, woulda person if I had known this, but I do have, I do empathize a lot more. And yeah. that empathy for me has helped me grow a lot in my journey to let go of a lot of attachments to when I'm healing from stuff or when I when I am having conversations with my mom or my dad. And what yeah. it's helped in time is yeah. having that for me that understanding. Yeah, we've we've built rapport over time as like because I've got more respect that they've got their own journey and stuff. And when you throw drugs in the mix or alcohol or violence and stuff, again, yeah. this is why I think it's really powerful for you because it does impact so many people directly and their families and loved ones around them that's why i think this is like right in the, the key to to what you do man yeah no thank you no it is it, it's it is really important and you know like you know even last night in our session um for our mentoring session you know we we were looking at you know those kind of dynamics and what people or what they felt they kind of um you know similar characteristics that they had with other family members and you know what was lacking and what was needed and what you were looking from from them that you weren't getting and how you could bring that into your life and you know all that sort of stuff but yeah I, I think that that whole awareness is is just really 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 important it's it's definitely an area to look at um while you know like while you grow while you heal um you know because you know, it, 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 it is pretty, it, it, it is pretty hard, like what you go through. And there is definitely parts of yourself that, you know, the parent needs to heal as well, as well as the child, as well as, the, you know, the siblings or whatever. Um, you know, I think everyone needs to heal parts of themselves. And if they can't be honest, or if they can't communicate that, then they just kind of just, sometimes it just leads to resentment. Yeah, hundred percent. Nah, it's super powerful, man. And you got into PT for your own journey. You got into physical fitness and you, you started to get the results for that too. And yeah, kind of like I took a few people around you saying, why don't you do this? But clearly there was a calling you had. Um, yeah. You're super fit now. Um, I didn't know this. I love, again, I love reading books or whatever people have put out when I'm either doing research or again, if there's a resonance, I'm going to look into some. You like ran what the Great Wall of China yeah. Marathon. That's yeah. a trip out, dude. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, one of my goals is always to run the Great Wall of China Marathon. So, um, you know, it was always just, oh, I'll, I'll do that one day. I'll do that one day. And, um, yeah, so we just had people around the gym and stuff like that. And, you know, I remember just doing, like, my goals for the year, whatever. And I was like, fuck, this year I have to go do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I started searching, doing research and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I asked some people from the gym, had some friends as well. And I was like, let's, let's go to – Let's go to China. Let's go do the Great Wall. Um, yeah, so we went to China. There was four or five of us. Um, 
and yeah it was fuck it was like the best experience ever it's you know it was really really hot like I, I didn't know that china was that fucking hot it was like 35 degrees 36 or whatever and um yeah just man like you you go through so you run on the wall just steps and steps and steps i swear i wanted to cry so many times um and then then you go through the little villages um and all the kids that haven't seen like another race before so they're like running and chasing you and they're just like you know taking photos of you and yeah it was just it was really really cool so you you go through all the like villages and stuff like that like you know, but you stop and take pictures. Like it's not, you know, you, you have to soak it all in, you know? Um, so we did like, did that chilled in the villages for a little bit and continued running. Um, but yeah, by far it was like such an awesome experience. It was, it, it was definitely like a, definitely, a, you know, like a bucket list or a highlight. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really, really cool. Uh, it was, it was painful, but it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> painful but 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 cool nah like, like i say that that sounds like really epic and when you go into what do you want to do when you go back to your story and your journey through the system and stuff like that yeah knowing that hey you can if you put your mind to something not only you can do that and you're not the label you've been given but what yeah. you wanted to do and you started doing things like that and that mm. was just i think a really good example of like something that's like bucket list like people yeah. hear bucket list it's like oh when i retire you're like, yeah. now nah, fuck it. I'm going to do this. Let's get, I'm into yeah. this. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, no, nah, it, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, yeah, it, it was definitely like a yeah really, really cool experience. And um, yeah, um, definitely, you know, like I, I always tell the people as well, like, cause sometimes like, you know, you, you get this whole thing, like, you know, you've done drugs, you went through this and then that's it. It's a life sentence. People just settle. I always tell people like, nah, like, like, fuck that. Like, I remember when I was in school and I was, you know, being a little shithead, and they're like, "Oh, you've, you've, you've got to go do a trade," and I was like, I, "Like, I, I don't know. There's nothing I really like. I don't know. Like, you know." And I remember just literally just sitting in that class, going, "I don't know." And they're just like, "Well, you, your grades are shit, so you've got these five options. You know, electrician, carpentry, you know." whatever mechanic you know and i was like i would fucking suck at all of them i would literally suck at all of them um so you know I, like i always kind of like think back to that like you know just going oh you know you, you've been the naughty kid so you've, you've got these five options you know i always like tell people like what like you know if the you never had this issue or whatever like what would you be fucking like what would you be doing you know because I, I i don't want you to kind of like settle and then later on going fuck like you know, oh, I fucked up my life or whatever. Because that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that it was too late and I fucked up my life at the age of 21. <laughs> when I look back, I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, what the yeah. hell is that? Like 21, like, what the hell? So like when you get people coming in, they're like, oh, I've, I've ruined my life. And they're like 23, 25. And you're like, are you serious? Like, like there's so much, there's so much more living to do. Like you could do like literally like, you can go back to school. You can do all the things that you've, you know, wanted to do. Um, you know, it, like it, even myself, like, you know, through lockdown and all that sort of stuff, I, you know, registered as a counsellor, drugs and alcohol counsellor. So, you know, did all the schooling and all that. And I just finished now my first year of uni as well. And these are things that I never, ever, because it was not like, you know, academic at all. But, you know, like later on, 
you know, when you mature a little bit more, whatever, you you, you kind of want to do all these goals, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd go, oh, no, nah, I'm not for that or whatever, because these are beliefs that I had from when I was like, you know, 17 or whatever. And I'm like, that's that's not me anymore. Like, you know, I've, I've evolved, I've grown up, you know, like, like, yes, I can do that. So I always tell people like, there's still time and you can still, the time's going to go past because because I, I remember I was like talking to my brother. I was like, fuck, maybe I'm too old to go do, you know, like you, you go for this self-doubt. And it was like, well, the time's going to go past anyway. Yeah. So why not? You know, so why not do it? Um, so, yeah, you, you you just have to, like, I always, I always, that's something I always push. I'm like, go fucking live and do the thing. Like, if you want to go travel, then like, let's, let's, set them goals now let's let's travel if you if you want to go you know do a course or you know go hiking over there or, or i don't know do a talk or start a podcast or what like whatever it is like let's do it and i'll help them do it you know um because like it's 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 important like you know get that fulfillment get that purpose and 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 fucking go like you know let's, let's let's do it yeah i used to have that story every time i'd fuck up or take too many drugs in my 20s or whatever i'm like that's the end i'm done and i'm like <laughs> when i was 21 when i was 23 when i was 24 and then on the other end i'd have my dad saying to me when i fuck up when are you going to grow up when are you going to grow up <laughs> it was like compounded <laughs> and then I, it took me to get to my 30s but what i found around me and it was where I was at and I wasn't available for it probably, but there was no talk of coaching mindset. I had a corrections order and I went and saw yeah. someone straight out of uni, had no fucking idea. Yeah. I talked to a counsellor who just wanted to talk and talk and there was no focus on moving forward. There was no focus. I experienced that right through and it actually wasn't until I got out of my comfort zone with a choice around my career to actually go and work in the Pilbara in WA that I got out of the environment mm. that, that I was keeping myself in. I know this now. Back then, I would have been saying, it's because of this or it's because of that. I can't go because whatever. I was always at the effect. But when I got out of that, it opened me up to these like more motivational stuff. And like a few years later, like a coach? What, what are you talking about? I thought a coach was like AFL or <laughs> basketball coach or whatever. But it yeah. sort of... It took a few action steps to make me available to to other ways or other solutions. And for my journey, I wasn't 21 like you, man. It took me many, many freaking years yeah. to break away from drugs, from alcohol. And I think the environment thing was a big thing for me. Yeah, what, sure. what would you say to, to listeners or um, people tuning into this around how, how important a role environment would pay, play on their circumstances or how they, they are in their world? Yeah, ma like, like massive. Um, you know, like I always say, look around, like, you know, you know, list your, you know, your values or where you want to go and stuff like that. And, you know, is, is your environment now a representation of where you want to go? You know, like it's literally like a yes or no sort of thing, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I always used to tell myself as well, like, does me hanging around or being, in, you know, being at someone's house and everyone's doing drugs except me represent where I want to go? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, well, no, it doesn't, you know, and then, you know, it does do these friends represent where I want to go. You know, if I'm on an order, like hanging around people that are using drugs and, you know, like increasing the risk of, you know, getting in trouble for cops and all that sort of stuff. Like, does that represent where I, where I want to go um, with my life as well? So the community, the environment is really important. 
Um, you know, and, and, and that's something I'm like so big on, you know, I tell these guys, like, you know, you come to the gym, um, you know, it's, 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 it's funny. Cause when you come to the gym, it's like a blasting, like hip hop, like music and everyone's like having fun and Jay, I got basketball ring up there as well. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a really cool, cool vibe. Sometimes I can't even get rid of people. <laughs> um, you know, I gotta go home and I'm like, fuck, go home. I gotta go. Um, but that environment is like, is, is key. And then, and then you got to ask yourself, you know, as well, like, you know, when you're around that, um, does it serve its purpose? Is like, is this environment going to lead me towards my goals or is it going to kind of like bring me back and forth, like back to, you know, where, where I am. So the environment is, is, is key. It's like one of the most important things as well, because you can't, you know, I, like I, I used to think like, no, nah, no, nah, it's all good. Like I can just go hang out with people that are still using drugs. As long as I'm not using drugs, I'm sweet. And then, you know, it's all good. Like, you know, I've got this all figured and all that sort of stuff. And then before you know it, I'm, I've, I've relapsed or, you know, I've, I've gone back to that um, yeah. because I haven't got people that are going look that are doing different stuff or haven't got people that, you know, that are, um, aligned to to my goals or what I'm doing in that in that current stage of my life as well. So surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals or people, or environments, communities um, is is really important because that's where you're going to learn and grow and all that sort of stuff. You know, I went into you know doing personal training. I did that at a hundred. I stepped into that course at 112 kilos, and I remember like on the first day some fucking person <laughs> like I went in there and was like uh, are you lost <laughs> you know because I was like this real overweight person um, uh, but while I was in there I remember looking around everyone was fit pumping weights doing all this stuff and I was like fuck like this is like this is the first time no joke this is the first time I was around people that wasn't doing drugs and I was like, fuck, these, like, these, like, these people are right. Like, I would actually hang out with these people. Like, you know, and it motivated me. I was like, like I, I was, you know, like, really vibing off that. You know, yeah. I was like, in fear, everyone's, like, really health conscious, like, really just, you know, into their health and fitness. And I was like, whoa, like, I did not know this existed. So then when I was surrounding myself with that, it just really um, helped me grow, but it also helped me, like, step up. Cause I was like, fuck, I don't want to be like in an environment like this, you know, overweight and not being a representation of like that or unhealthy um, or, you know, because what I was at that moment when I first stepped in, that wasn't a representation of where I wanted to go on the environment that I was in. So I stepped up, I, I worked hard till it, till it served me and it was serving me and I, and I, and I, and I was loving it. So, yeah. It's same, same like when I when I got into the coaching game and everything like now, it was from me wanting to get better in certain areas of my life. And um, I remember going to a, a network marketing event when I was with a particular um, sort of health and wellness company. I still love that company, but I went to their event. There's like 6,000 people there. And here yeah. I was at the time. I had a bunch of shit going on. I'd, I'd quit the mines. I knew that that was... It had served me well up to that point, but I was really feeling lonely and lost. And I yeah. overcome a lot of the addictions and all that sort of stuff. I, I had great stuff going on in my life, but here I was at this point where I was searching for something and more. And I knew the power of environment, but I remember going to this network marketing event. I was petrified, man, because I, I, I got there and it was all these happy, excited people. And here I was like really at a point in my life where I'm like lost. 
Yeah. I had a bunch of cool material shit, but I was lost. But that community, that environment, there was something in me that goes, although I'm in massive fear and anxiety around all these people now, I want what they have. They're all happy. They're all energized. They're all like super keen to talk to you and welcoming and all this. And like, yeah. I remember I walked away from that event and I, I knew the power of environment community and I, I committed to a coach. I, all this from there. And that, it was the community, it was the environment. And I seriously never look back from that point in the path I've taken with this. Yeah. Um, and I, I really urge everyone out there listening and tuning in, like get around some good people or place yourself, no matter what fear or anxiety comes up, because yeah. you are going to be supported if you're the one who instigates that. If you're the one who goes and puts yourself there, you will be supported. I guarantee it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think, yeah, you you really need to, yeah, just surround yourself with people that are going to support you, push you and like, you know, really um, help navigate like where, where you want to go. Um, that's, that's like super important. Yeah. Awesome. You go on heaps of tours and stuff. I know you're going on a few tours of the book and you do lots of speaking events and stuff like that. Um, yeah. I definitely would love to get into more of that again because it was a part of me getting out of my comfort zone was to do that shit and with lockdowns yeah, yeah. and all that sort of stuff sort of drifted out. But yeah. do you do you love doing that, going to different towns and things like that? Is that something really, really inspires yeah. and motivates you? Yeah, like I, you know, um, so when I first wrote the book, like a, a good friend of mine, like messaged me, well, I, like I didn't know at the time, and she messaged me and she's like, oh, um, are you going to come up to Brisbane? And I was like, what? Fuck when I come up to Brown, I'm like, oh, what? She's like, would you be interested in a book tour in Brisbane? And I was like, what? A book tour? Um, and I was like, fuck, I never even thought of that. I didn't even what? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I go, oh, like, yeah, like if, if, we, if we can make it happen. And she's like, we'll make it happen. Um, so I went to Queensland. She like booked, like, I was fully booked for like two weeks, you know. Um went to Brisbane, went to schools. Um, we did community events with like parents and people that, you know, um, were supporting, you know, what, what we're doing, um, you know, and wanted to, I guess, meet me or they read my book and stuff like that. And we went all over Queensland. And I was like, fuck, like that was just awesome. It like blew my mind that like, you know, people, you know, really wanted to, you know, listen to my story and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, I love, love the touring um and, and where it's where it's taken me i guess like to be able to share my story um you know and and, and connect with with people in different parts of australia and show them that if there's a way in there's a way out um you know and and give people hope um show them that it doesn't have to be a life sentence show them the you know, how relatable I am, I guess, as well, like, you know, with my, with my story and, and me as a person. Um, and just to get them thinking about it differently, um, about the topic as well. Um, and then just literally just like speaking to people that are going through and be like, look, um, the best way, the reason why I wrote the book was to help more people and try cram as much as I can with the program into that book. So, you know, if you literally just follow through it, you know, there's heaps of exercises in the book, like follow through with that, do the exercise, do all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and I truly believe that that will definitely help you. So um, it picked up a lot of momentum and people were messaging me going, oh, thank you, your, your books helped me so much. Um, but yeah, the book tour got me, you know, speaking and like, you know, local MPs um, for certain towns, um, like a mayor of like Portland, like, 
um, called me and booked a tour there and um, went to Brisbane, uh, South Australia, you know, even did talk in a prison as well. Um, I, I actually got rejected at first because of my charges, so they, they, they wouldn't let me in. But a few of the workers had actually read my book and one of the workers said that it helped her brother like so much. And then um, so they had like another meeting and they got me in. Um, and then just spoken to heaps of schools, at heaps of schools, sorry. And then, yeah, just run, run workshops. So that's been really awesome just to show people. I, I guess it's just like a different, more evolved way of thinking and coaching through addiction. There's a lot of like old school um, stuff, which I, which, I, which I touch in my second book. It's a bit controversial. <laughs> um, but it's just like. I just want people thinking a lot differently. Um, I want think I want people to get rid of the labels. Um, I, I want people to live differently because you know one thing that I noticed was you know because I met a lot of inspiring and awesome people that were doing massive things. You know they got off drugs and you're like you wouldn't even know um, that what they went through. And the the biggest thing was they, you know I guess they kind of let go of the identity of being an addict. Um, you know. And that was always something that was really, really interesting as well. Like people that I worked with as well. You know, I had people in my program just go like, we've done all this stuff, but we've never even talked about drugs. And they're like, whoa, like what the hell? <laughs> um, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm clean, I'm off drugs and I'm kicking ass, I'm doing all this shit. And they're like, like we didn't even, like, so we probably spoke about it like once or twice in the 10 months of working together. Because um, it's always a lot deeper than that. So you know, it, it, it really just opened up a whole, I learned a lot from it, um, you know, in terms of like what people had been through and I guess re rehabilitation programs that are out there and, you know, why people were kind of interested in, in my thing. Um, and then I just, I, I met a lot of really cool people, a lot of awesome people impacting and doing some, some massive things as well. So it's always inspiring. I absolutely love it. Um, and then I get to, I guess, connect, with a lot of lot of youth and just tell them like go for it like you know you can you know instead of like you know back then you know i was saying about my water instead of going oh don't this don't that it's just like well yeah don't do it but like like look at me man like you can do this and that and that and even if it's not me look at the look look at all these people that i've that i've helped and you know and what they're doing like getting inspired of like what they're doing um and just yeah just just kicking back after the talks and just chilling with them and talking and all that sort of stuff um but yeah man it, it's like the, the tours have been yeah i i absolutely love it really. yeah i love that there's so much in that like again there's so much in like what you're doing and when you're talking about this and what resonates i know i remember when i went to the mines and I was in that environment. I was like available to go, oh, fuck, there's some parts of my life that I'm not happy with. I've got to work on. I was watching stuff. I don't know if it was on YouTube or where it was of dudes that had their shit sword that was successful, but they were saying that they were being drug addicts and being down yeah. and out. I didn't believe it. Yeah. So here I am like researching like, oh, fuck. And yeah. that helped me start to believe, oh, there's there's more out there. And and that and I love that sort of philosophy you've got too. And um, where you, you want people to focus on not not the drugs. That's not the problem whatever it's there's deeper stuff and you bring that focus so it's looking forward and what they desire or what they want um when are you going on tour again um so i'm going to townsville in four weeks 
Awesome. So I'm doing so I'm doing a workshop. So a workshop with uh, Queensland Youth Services. So they've got two. So I'm going to Townsville uh, to do like a, a day workshop, and then I go to Mount Isa. Mount Isa, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so I'm just doing like a short kind of. That's more like a workshop one that these organisations have. Yeah. Put. Awesome. Awesome. And. We've touched on the first book a bit. It's um super practical. I love that. It's a Steve kind of book. Practical. There's shit to do. <laughs> it gets the the masculine in my brain going. Like, hey, yeah, that's a different way of doing that task. I've got a bunch of tools myself, and I, I love that because I think I think that helps that helps the reader, especially if there's parts where they're stuck in their stuff. They're looking for a solution. If they're gonna look at the book, they're looking for a solution. You give solutions straight up. I think that's really powerful. You mentioned the second book might be a little bit controversial. I reckon I'll probably agree with a lot of the controversial shit in there. Did you want to talk a little bit more to that book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, so while I was doing the touring, um, I, you know, I met so many people, and a lot of those people come from like NA backgrounds and stuff like that. So they'd be like, "Hey, man, nice to meet you. My name's uh, my name's Steve. I'm, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a drug addict." And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I, I, I never went to any NA meetings. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, what do you, oh, sorry. My name's Steve. I'm seven years clean. Haven't touched drugs. I'm a drug addict. And I'm like, but you're not using drugs anymore. What do you mean you're a drug addict? Oh, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a drug addict. And I was like, oh, okay. Then I meet the next person. Hey, man, nice to meet you. I'm a drug addict. And it just, it just kept going. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, it kind of opened me up to this whole, like, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Because I'd, I'd never kind of been went there and i was like wait why the hell do heaps of people keep saying this and i remember i had two i had like a little um thing on my facebook i was like giving five free sessions or something like that and two people came in and the first person it was a girl and she came in young um and said hey um you know introduced herself and said i'm a drug addict and i said how old are you she's like oh 19 and i said you're a drug addict she's like yeah and I said, okay. And um, and I said, that is the like, what else are you? <laughs> you know, like if, if that's what you're saying, literally in the first second of meeting me, I'm a drug addict. And if you think about it as let's just say like an affirmation or you know something that's you know, so if this child or person is going around introducing themselves as a drug addict every time they meet someone, hey, I'm a drug addict. Hey, I'm a drug addict. Hey, I'm a drug addict. And then going to meetings that are saying, hey, we are drug addicts. Hey, we are drug addicts. Hey, we are drug addicts. You know, you're just kind of like re, I guess. You know, I think, yeah, you, you're confirming what the story is of your identity, what you believe about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I, like, and then I remember another person came in and they were like, oh, they went, someone told them to go NA and they said they had the big anxiety because it was like this guy who was like 55 and he was like, hey, I'm this clean for like 20 something years i'm a drug addict and they were like what the fuck they're like you know and this person was saying you you we, we will always be like this we're drug addicts all this sort of stuff and they came in crying going what the hell like am i gonna be a drug addict for the rest of my life and i was like you know what i've never called myself a drug addict ever never it, it was literally not in my vocabulary like my my vocabulary didn't expand that far <laughs> and um I remember when I was doing a newspaper interview, like they read the article and they're like, ex drug addict. And I was like, whoa, like when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Like, what did you just call me? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, you know, I was like, why? Like, you know, like, like you're saying, like, it's just programming. Like, 
How are you supposed to move on, step into an identity that serves you, um, you know, but you're still holding on to this title of I am a drug addict, you know? And then I was looking at all the people that had done really good things, the people in my program, um, you know, because I, I never, I will never say that word. I, I, it just wasn't in my vocabulary. It wasn't even in my, my thought process and the people that I met and all that. And I was like, I felt like, you know, if we're talking about mindset and programming and all this sort of stuff, I was like, that, that needs to be spoken about. Um, and there was a lot of people that were, weren't using drugs anymore, but were still labeling themselves as a drug addict. And, you know, families were calling them drug addict and friends and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, people are calling you drug addict more than they use your name. Like that, that is not okay. That's not right. We really need to fucking change that. So from now on, I was like, anyone that steps into my gym and says the word drug addict, you're doing 10 burpees. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, it, It's interesting you say that because it was never something that I, I associated with, but I understand that people, when I'm communicating something, if I'm putting something in my marketing and something like that, yeah. I will utilize that to say I used to be an addict in that yeah. regard because I know that so it is ingrained in society. They go, oh, oh, there's a resonance. Yeah. But when it comes to my realm of work and all that sort of thing, if I hear any stories like that, it's like, eh, it's going to go. Uh, yeah. No, like, tell me more about that. But it's, where's, yeah, yeah. That, that is going to keep you stuck. Even if you get so many other parts of your life together, if you hold that, yeah, it's like anything. Like I can share this with um, my beautiful queen, Chaitanya. Um, she, she's worked a lot on identity around like being sexually abused. There's, there's no difference in that. If she carries that identity forever, and yeah. I've watched her transform, letting go of that and doing work around it. She's always going to be of some part of her yeah. in a little bit of that. That's me. That's yeah. who I am. But it's, but it's not. Yeah. 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 So like, but like, like that's what, cause then some people would say, but like, I can't just forget that. I'm saying, I'm not saying you can't forget that. Like, you know, us as humans, like there's so many parts of ourselves. There's so many parts of ourselves. I'm not telling you to like forget it and all that sort of stuff. I'm just saying, don't use that as the label that defines you as a whole person. Like, yes, we've gone through this sort of stuff and it's, it's, it's helped us. You know, there's so many times and we've, and we've learned from it and all that sort of stuff, but don't use it as something that identifies or that labels you as a whole. You know, when, when I sit with someone and they come in, we were, so I had this story. I was working with, with a girl and she was like, yeah, I have all these goals and was kicking ass, kicking ass, kicking ass. Doing really, really good. Six months in the program, doing really good. Had a relapse. Told her to come to see her. She came in, we were sitting and I said, oh, like, what's happened with your goals? I can't, you know, I can't do that. I'm a drug addict. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, so you relapse once and then all of a sudden you throw your whole life away because you're a drug addict. You know, so it was really just like, just, just going into that. I'm like, so is that just your safety net? You know, when I fuck up or when I'm doing really bad in my life, I'm going to call myself a drug addict. But when I'm doing really, really good in my life and everything's going well, then, you know, it's, it's kind of like that safety. And sometimes it's scary for people to let go of that, um, to step into something else. And like, yes, it's, it's scary and all that sort of stuff, but there is parts of yourself that, that needs to, I believe anyway, in order to, step and go into the direction that you want to go into um 
you know, we, we, we definitely need to do some identity work. But yeah, so the, I, I guess, yeah, like what the second book is, is really just about. So it's called I Quit Drugs, Now What? Um, so it's like that next stage, um, identity work, just doing a lot of identity work of, of that person, um, you know, and them kind of just stepping into a um, an identity that serves them or just learning how to let go of those parts that don't serve you anymore, um, you know, because, you know, sometimes it holds a lot of weight, a lot of baggage, and sometimes it's it's that that's holding us back. So it's like, you know, learning to release it and then feeling how much lighter, you know, doing little exercises, you know, like don't call yourself that for the first month or whatever, and just feeling how much lighter that person feels by not associating themselves with the word drug addict because, you know, they can have strong connotations to that of like depression, anxiety, relapse, criminal charges, um, you know, failure, um, you know, all, all really heavy stuff. So when they kind of like release that, they, they feel a lot lighter and they can kind of head into the direction, you know, um, that they want to. But if I'm inspiring youth, I can't just go and young people, I, I'm, I'm never going to be like, oh, yep, we've all used drugs. So you're all going to be drug addicts for the rest of your life. That is not, that would never inspire me. I would be like, fuck, <laughs> no. Um, so, you know, if we want to inspire our youth, our young adults or people that are going through stuff, we can't label them before we even get to know them. Um, no, 100%, mate. 100%. I love it. Where, where can people get the books? Um, so you can get the books off my website. So youthuprogram.com. Uh, and yeah, both my books are on there. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'll drop all the links below for, for all the great work you're doing. Um, one question I ask all the guests, and we could actually probably unpack this for the next two or three hours, this whole interview. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to have to get you on again in the future. Um, Wild Man Revolution, when you hear that, you're you're a great man doing great things in the world you're helping a lot of people but when you hear that what comes up for you um community like leadership um empowerment like coming together and having like i guess strong wild men leaders <laughs> uh you know just um yeah just having that i guess that masculine figure in the community that's um inspiring and yeah, showing people and sharing that vulnerability as well. Like, you know, showing all parts of that. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that. I definitely resonate with that. Um, another sort of, it's a double, it's it's a question with sort of two parts. The world's yeah. a bit chaotic and crazy. Mind you, uh, you're probably a bit like me. You navigate it well. You got the tools that you put into play and you're still living your best life, so to say, um, no matter what's going on. But world's a little bit crazy. 12 months from now, how do you see the world? That's part one of the question. Part two to the question is, with that world, how do you see your role in it? Yeah. Um, I think after lockdown, there's going to be a lot of, um, especially here in Melbourne, there's, 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 we're, we're going to like truthfully see a lot of, I guess, the impact of, you know, because we were in lockdown for so long. Um, you know, I, I think there's going to be definitely more uh, youth and more young adults looking for that escape. Um, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, mental health, 
um, addiction, all that sort of stuff, sadly, um, will be will, will be increased due to um, what's happened here in Melbourne over the last, you know, eighteen months, two years. Um, so you know, because you know, I kind of see that now, but I I think it's just going to be it's going to be a bit of a shock to to yeah to the system to the world anyway, but. I, th- I think that's just what's going to happen, to be honest, because there's there's a, there's a, there's a shortage of like people that can help, um, and there's a there's that that ripple effect of you know all the stuff that's happened in the last uh, two years or so. So yeah, yeah, and your role in that? Um, yeah, so my role is just create that space, um, support it. Um, offer more like I, I want to offer more groups within my program to help help people because I know there's there's waiting lists to go to go into places or there's certain guidelines that don't make sense to get into programs um, so you know it would just be evolving offering more space offering more groups um, you know and, and getting more people into into the program so that I can um, help with that with that issue yeah uh it is i i I tend to resonate like i'm i'm not a doom and gloomer i'm a a realist and i like your real response to that um there's definitely no fluff here man (laughs) i i think the next few years where a lot of people are in for a shock whether it's the aftermath of lockdowns or what's been going on and it's going to show up for for many years to come but i do feel the next 12 months or so um people like yourself who have already stepped up you're really going to be be there and i love that you're going to open up more space or more programs or anything like that it's definitely something that i'm doing at the moment working on like not just being prepared but having the solutions that are there for the for the people because i think there's going to be a real real need for it sure. um and you're right um for in the way that there's there are a lot of people to help right now but there's still not enough and yeah. i know for me you've mentioned a lot in here um, your story, people's story. There's a lot of power in that. If you've overcome something, you've had an experience, and, and sharing that is is so important. I wouldn't be doing what I I am now if I hadn't heard and resonated with people's stories out there that have overcome stuff and things like that. Yourself, what's yeah. your message to people out there that might have like overcome drugs or addiction or whatever label they want to put on it and got some shit sorted? In? Like, what would your message be to them, people, right now? Like, like share your story. It has more power than you'd ever 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 know um there there is people exactly like you right now that are waiting to hear that story to help them um go through the stuff that you went through um yeah definitely yeah awesome and if you look down the camera now for the people you're here to help and you had a message for them what's some words of wisdom you give to them right now um, that there's, that there's time, um, you know, work, like get to the work now, like do it now. Um, there's never going to be a right time. So do it now. Um, but in, but there is time in terms of, you know, like what's happened in the past is past, but there's time now to, you know, make or live and have that life that, that you've wanted. Um, it doesn't have to be a life sentence. 
addiction anyway it doesn't have to be yeah awesome brother awesome brother again you're doing great things in the world this has been epic um yeah. i don't want to keep it to time because i do want to get you back on again um, yeah man i'm, I'm cool i'm chilled whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh next time we won't have the puppy on halfway through or he'll be grown up <laughs> yeah. nah but Guys, if you're tuning into this, please check out all the links that you can connect with with Glenn further, the Youth to You program. We are all, I, I truly believe, especially here in Australia, at some point in time, I, I, I feel we're impacted directly by drugs, someone we know, someone yeah. closest, whether it's family or friends. If there's someone right now who you think needs help, I definitely, definitely recommend it to not only check out Glenn's stuff, get in contact with the man. Um, check out his programs uh, online, locally down south there in, in eastern suburbs of Victoria. Um, the books, practical, please grab it now. Pass it on to a friend that you might think is in needs, a very indirect way of saying, hey, <laughs> oh, I think it is anyway. Um, and again, thank you so much for being on this edition of the Wild Man Revolution podcast, man. It has been an absolute pleasure and privilege. Um, any last words? No, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I love I love what you're doing. So yeah, keep keep doing it. And yeah, thanks heaps for having me on here. Oh, awesome, brother. Thanks.